Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Have you ever had a conversation with someone and have no clue where it was going? Because that is exactly what happened with our next guest, founder of the band Marty Ray Project and social media star Marty Ray. Kevin, this conversation was so much fun. Marty Ray probably answered maybe half of the questions we asked him. Yes, and that's never happened before. No. Steph, you know how I spend hours Hours. in prep work for each conversation we have. So to ask him a question, and then he tells us a story that has nothing to do with that question (laughs) was actually funny. And what he said was actually better than the question we asked. He's awesome. Folks, if you are not familiar with Marty Ray, he's a good old country boy from Arkansas with a big old beard and an even bigger personality. We cannot wait for you to hear this conversation with our new best friend, Marty Ray. I'm Kevin. And I'm Stephanie. And during our marriage, we have dealt with an electrocution, a brain tumor, brain surgery. Then doctors telling us that children were not in our future, followed by miscarriage, and then Kevin's cancer diagnosis. However, today, we live a life completely healed and restored with three healthy children who doctors said were not possible. And we're here to tell stories that inspire, give hope, and brighten your day. Welcome to Tell Us a Good Story. This episode is being presented to you by Luby Companies, a custom home builder here in Central Ohio. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. Steph, we finally get to talk to this gentleman. I'm so excited. You're like, hurry up, stop talking. You, you kept talking to him too much. Like, let's do this. I'm sorry. But friends, our next guest is an independent music artist. A musician who has over a million followers across his social media platforms. And he is founder of the band Marty Ray Project. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Tell Us Good Story, Marty Ray. Marty Ray! Welcome, sir. Yes, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you all for having me. So first off, I do have some beard envy talking to you right now. And especially researching him like he has in It's very impressive. Awesome beard. It's pretty impressive. When was the last time you were clean shaven? Eighth grade? Um... <laughs> I think when I came out of the womb. <laughs> no, that I, I I would shave off and on throughout my life because my mother and my grandmother hated the beard, but I always had some sort of beard one way or the other. Even in seventh grade, it's funny you said eighth grade. Even in seventh grade, I could grow a pretty good beard. If I would have let it go, it might have looked like this. I don't know. What? Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's like a Ray thing, like a, the Ray family. They kind of get hairy quick. Really. Yeah. Wow. It ain't just the face, okay? This whole body. <laughs> I take this shirt off. Looks like I got a sweater on, you know? So. Have you ever been Santa Claus with that beard? Ooh. No, I've never been. It's getting there, though. It's getting pretty white now, ain't it? We get spray paint. Well, it. most Santa Claus dye their beard, though. Yeah. That's not naturally white. Mm-hmm. They seem like a bunch of old men that play Santa Claus, so I just don't really, I don't really want to claim to be that. I just turned 40. Even though I look like I'm older than that. But I, I really don't want to claim the, hey, I'm ready to play Santa Claus yet. <laughs> age. You know what I mean? Great job, Steph. You just offended our guest. Yeah, I'm offended. I'm done. <laughs> How am I in this now? <laughs> well, we were introduced to you by a former guest of ours, Isabella Lundberg, who was a refugee as a teenager and just has like an incredible story. And she said, I talked to this gentleman, Marty Ray. You should have him on your show. He would be a really good guest. So I looked you up, Marty Ray Project. Marty, I thought that was your name. I thought it was like Billy Ray Cyrus, Marty Ray Project. I didn't realize that your name was actually Marty, first name, last name Ray. Project is your band. That wasn't your name. So 
Where did the project come into play with the band? It started off as an idea because I would have all these musicians that I was trying to get to feel the same way about my music that I did. Okay. And they would come on board and they would say, yeah, I want to play. Yeah, I like your vibe or whatever. And then they would be there for a little while. And the next thing you know, they would leave. And it was just a constant cycling of musicians. So I said, the only constant there is in this band is me, Marty Ray. So I guess it'll just be a Marty Ray project. And then as <laughs> the whole thing started with, I'm glad y'all are believers because that's I talk about Jesus a lot. So a lot of people don't like it, but I don't care. I say his name more now than ever. The, uh, the whole thing started with me just my, my whole life. I, I could sing, but I never really learned. But it's like my family were realists. So part of them were realists, part of them were dreamers. But the I followed the, the realists more, and they were kind of like, you're going to make it if you work with these hands, and that's the only way you're going to make it. So the, there was never really a dream to be a musician. It was just never even an option because you were also raised in a small town of Arkansas. You were kind of taught to dream within your city limits. Right. So within those city limits, there was a steel mill called Nucor, and that was a great job, still a great job. So that's kind of what you were being groomed for, unless you were just a genius, which, you know, I kind of am, but they didn't know. it. (laughs) So so then uh, years and years went by and I was running a towing service for my dad in West Memphis. And I made a uh, a video of me singing a a song because uh, uh, I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, but we'll just we'll act like it's organic. So I made a video and I said, I said, God, if this is what you want me to do, then I'm going to make a video music put that out there and you honor the effort. And that's kind of, and I've completely forgotten even what the question was. I'm just a rambler. <laughs> what was the question? Uh, do you play Santa Claus? <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> the man said, do you play Santa Claus? Got my life story. Just like that. <laughs> you asked about Santa Claus and yeah, it gives you your life story. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. I like that. <laughs> Ask me another one. We'll take another hour. <laughs> Do you like t-shirts? Let me tell you what's something about t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you made a video. Where did you post it? Was it YouTube back then, or were you posting it to something else? No, I posted it on my personal Facebook profile. Back then, that's all I had. I had a, okay. I had a personal Facebook profile, not a page even. Because at that time, there wasn't Marty Ray Project. I just posted a video and I said, Lord, I've always felt like I was able to do this. So let's see if anybody thinks the same as me. Because I had even family members that said I couldn't sing. Really? They just didn't think I could sing. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody has their preference. But like I said, I had two two vastly different families. My dad's side was kind of, you're not going to get any praise from us. You know, that type of thing. You, we're not going to help you get a big head. Then my mama's side was... You're so wonderful and special and beautiful and everything you do is amazing. So I'm thankful for that because I'm in a ha- I'm in a, a happy medium in between uh, the two. So, but yeah, I posted it to Facebook. I got like 30,000 views and I thought, wow, I'm famous. <laughs> it was uh, the song was, maybe y'all heard it. It's a uh, great speckled bird. You ever heard that? No. The hymn? No. The way it came about, I had never heard it. So maybe you hadn't ever heard it. But when I was growing up, I used to mimic other artists. That's what I did. Like. I would mimic Elvis or Garth Brooks or Leonard Skinner or whoever it was, but I wanted to do something and see if there was even a voice of my own in here, right? I wanted to see if that even existed. So 
we went to the church and I, we made the pastor's office. And this is a small little church in Arkansas, not what probably y'all are used to. Okay. So in the pastor's office, we made that a makeshift vocal booth. And so we ran the wire in there and I was singing out and my cousin plays the piano and he says, what do you want to play? I said, I don't know. I, I just want to find something I've never heard anybody sing. So that I have no reference to go off of. And so I picked out great speckled bird and I said, play this. And he, I said, I'll just try to follow whatever you're doing. And I took the lyrics in there and he started playing. And then next thing I know, I was singing along to his piano and it was not a mimic of anyone. It was just God revealing to me my voice. So I was what a beautiful fall I've been thinking concerning a great speckled bird. I was doing that and I was like getting chills, you know, and I was going, this is different here. What's happening now? There's the Holy Ghost is moving in this pastor's office right now. And I'm uh, God is saying, now let's see what you do with it. Right? Oh. Gave it to me and said, let's see what you do with it. So I made a video. And 30,000 people seemed to like it. And that kind of boosted my head. And I said, maybe those people that said I couldn't were wrong. We'll see what happens. Still doing that today. Steph, what's most important to you when it comes to building a new home? Okay. I want a builder who's an expert in what they do. It's going to be honest with me and cares about even the smallest of details. Well, thankfully, we know just the builder. You know it. It's Jay and Connie Luby with Luby Companies. Friends, don't just take our word for it. Go check out their website at lubycompanies.com. That's L-U-E-B-B-E companies.com. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. So you've been singing at shows, touring. Do you have any good stories of something going wrong on a live show or some funny interaction with a fan or someone in the show that is memorable? Wow. There's a lot of things like that. Uh, I don't have too many bad things, right? Because I, I count it all as good mm -hmm. because I'm just thankful that there's people that will come and see me. And I'm thankful that there's people that will download my albums and things. But I'd rather tell you a good story. Okay. So when I started this, um, you go through mountains and valleys all the time. And as I started, it was do it was climbing a constant incline up this mountain. And I thought nothing can stop me. And I said, I'm going to take the last bit of money I got. And I got four songs I wrote. I'm going to take it to Nashville. I got a buddy there. We're going to uh, record these four songs. I made an EP and I started going to shows and handing this CD of mine to artists that I would meet if I had, was lucky enough or blessed enough to meet them. And one of these particular artists I was trying to hand my album to was B.B. King. And I was at his show. He was already an older man at the time. I, this was probably six years, maybe longer before he died. I don't know when he died exactly, but he was, uh, he was had to be wheeled out on a wheelchair to the middle of the stage. And then he would sit in a chair. And, and when he came out, I was on the front row and he told him to turn the house lights up. He was doing this. He wanted to see his fans. They turned the house lights up a little bit. So he played the whole show with the house lights on as if you're sitting in the living room and he starts playing. He does about three songs and then I'm up there and I'm just, you know, just moving my head back and forth and just vibing and just can't believe I'm in front of BB King. And he stops the show. He, he goes, Oh, everybody hold on. Everybody hold on. Does his hands like this. And then you hear the horn sex and he's stopping. He looks right over at me and he's leaning on his guitar and he goes, as long as that man right there is having a good time, so am I. Thrill is gone away. So at this point, I'm going, 
whoa, like, is he talking to me? And everybody's thinking he's talking to this guy. They're like, Hey, who are you? Who are you with? Are you, you know him? I'm like, I mean, I know him just as much as you know him. I don't know him any, any personal way. So then at this point in my life, I'm thinking that, that I was wrong about this music thing, that it's not going to work out. I know, but nothing was panning out the way that I thought if God's behind it, it should just work immediately. Right. But of course you have to put in the effort. Of course, you know, like everybody that ever got an answer in the Bible, most of the time it was through work. So I'm sitting there and I feel like, you know what? They were right. I'm about to give up. And then this happens with BB. And if the story stopped right there, it would be amazing already. But at the end of the show, I was blessed enough to know the guy that brought BB in. So I got to meet BB. They're leading us backstage with a flashlight and there's security guards with their arms crossed like this right here, lining where you can't walk to the stage, you just walk by the stage. And I'm walking by, there's about 50 people there and they're all BB's family, supposedly, but I'm definitely not his family, as you can tell. (laughs) So I was the only white person there and I was at the end of the line and I was so thankful and grateful to be there. And as I'm walking by these security guards, this big hand comes out in between both of them and grabs my hand and is pulling me toward the security guards. And I'm going, what in the world? And these security guards, you got to move on. What are you doing? I said, somebody's got a hold of my hand and they part and it's BB King that grabbed my hand sitting in a wheelchair and he what? pulls me to him like this. And they, they split at this point and he looks up at me and he says, I want you to know I enjoyed having you here tonight. And I'm shocked. I'm sitting there it was speechless going, why is the king of blues holding my hand right now? Like, I have no reason for this to be happening. And so I have an album, which is on my wall right now. I had that album with me. And he goes, what you got there? And he, he's holding this album. And I said, that's uh, your greatest record. And he goes, well, I sure was pretty back then. huh?" I said, you're still pretty <laughs> to me, Mr. King. I love, you. He goes, I love you, son. And he signs it. And he says, I'll see you back there. So then I'm I'm at this point, I'm shaking. I'm like, what in the world is happening here? So then I'm waiting in this line. I got my Martin guitar, which is hanging on my wall. And B.B. King is contractually obligated at the time to only sign Gibson guitars. I'm waiting to the very end. I'm watching as his, quote, family are being turned away with guitars that are not Gibsons, that they he will not sign them. And I'm watching. I'm thinking, golly, if only I could have got that guitar signed. But my story is good enough. That's what I'm thinking. So then I walk in. It looks like his energy's just drained. I walk in at the end, and as soon as I come in, he goes, "Hey, my man!" And I walk in, and he and I walk up to him, and he, he I hand him my guitar, and he looks up at the head of it, sees that it's a Martin. He looks up at me, and he goes, "I'm gonna sign it anyway." And I said, "Wow!" And he, he signs it. He gives a sharpie to somebody because we're there to take a picture, which I also have on my wall, picture with him. And so then I kneel down and I, I pull out my album, this this uh, EP that I have, and I hand it to him. And he goes, well, well, and smiles. He says, who's got that Sharpie? And I'm going, no, no, no. I think he thinks that I want him to sign my own album. I said, that's for you. I said, that's for you. He goes, I know who it's for. And so they bring the Sharpie back to him. And he says, I want you to sign this to Mr. B.B. King. Oh. And I'm sitting there just almost in tears going, I've never signed an album to anybody. And I open this thing up, shake and pull this sleeve out. And I go, with tears in my eyes, I'm saying, Mr. King, you know, and he says, yeah, yeah, son. And I signed to B.B. King. <laughs> my first album ever is signed to, to uh, <laughs> so emotional, mm-hmm. to B.B. King. And uh, 
And I hand him that and he puts it on his chest and he goes, my man. And we take the picture and I leave there knowing that Proverbs 18, 16 is true. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. And so I'm sitting there and I go, I see, Lord, you used a king to let me know that I'm on the right course. So from that day forward, I'm, I'm like this. So I'm like, all right, I'm ready. So here we are all these years later talking to somebody as amazing as you two, Kevin and Steph. Why? Because God said so. So I, instead of a bad story, I'd rather tell you a good one. Oh, that was that amazing. Is so much better than what I was expecting. That was amazing. And that was so much better than what I asked. Mm -hmm. So I am kind of feeling a theme here where it doesn't matter what we ask. He's just he, going to answer the way he wants. He's just going to answer the way he wants to answer it. <laughs> you want me to ask your questions for you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you should have emailed me a, the, list a list of questions ahead of here. Here's what I want you to ask me. This is what I'm prepared to answer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. So here's what you're going to ask me next, Kevin. <laughs> Stephanie, let me give you one as well to make keep it interesting. Let me, <laughs> I really am not intending to just answer any way. It's just I feel led sometimes to speak certain things. I don't know. I don't intend to uh, to not answer the question. I can, I can if you want me to. I can really think of a few bad things to give you to really make your day great. No, I, no. I would love more stories like the one you just told. You keep going the way you're going because that is so much better than the questions that we thought of. And mm -hmm. so you keep doing what you're doing. And if you want to mute me while I'm talking right now, that's fine as well. I think that would be bad. <laughs> and when you see my mouse stop moving, then go ahead and feel free to start talking. Raise your hand and I'll unmute you. And then, you know, we'll see if, it, if what you're saying is interesting enough. And if not, we'll edit it out. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, so listen, people. Today on the Marty Ray Project show. <laughs> with Kevin and Steph. <laughs> with Kevin and Steph. <laughs> All right, Steph, I've got a question for you. What's your favorite book of all time? Uh, obviously, you met her where? Oh, I thought you were going to say the Bible. Oh, oops. <laughs> oh. So what's your second favorite book of all time? You met her where? <laughs> <laughs> a distant second. Totally distant. It's a pretty good book. Sorry, God. It's still a pretty, pretty good was. book. But we're so excited. Where can people get our book, honey? Okay, I know this. Uh, Amazon.com. Yes. Barnes and Noble. Yes. And? And our website, KevinStuff.com. And, and what happens if they buy it off our website? <gasps> what do they get? Uh, an autograph from us. Yes. Who wouldn't want that? So, listeners, if you've already read the book, thank you so much. We've had such good feedback. One thing that helps us, if you can give us a review on Amazon.com, we would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much, and thank you for listening. So for all of our guests, I like to give a list of fun facts so listeners can get an idea for what you do, what you've done, and to let Steph know as well. So she's not aware of any of these. I tried to snoop and he wouldn't yes. let me. He's like, don't look at the fun facts. Yes. So this is going to spur some more conversation. Ready, if Steph? he allows it. Maybe if, he'll, just, if go, he allows maybe he'll it. just go in a different direction He may anyway. just ignore these. It might not even right? matter. <laughs> these may not be fun facts to him. All right? I'll see if they're fun. All right. So... 
Fun fact number one, mm-hmm. Steph. Marty was born in Memphis, raised in Arkansas. He is one of 10 kids. Oh! One of 10 kids. So that kind of is where you get like, is that where you get your amazing personality? Because you kind of have to stand out in 10 kids. To get right? attention? Yes. Is that where your personality comes from? Well, what's funny about that, you said 10 kids, and for a second I'm going, what in the world is he talking about? Where did he get that fact? Because I am from a family of 10 kids, but the majority of my life was just two, me and my brother, but then my dad adopted several children. Ah. So there was like seven or eight kids. I don't know how many there is. There's a bunch of like brothers and sisters that were adopted, but that didn't happen until I was 19, 19. Okay. 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 Where All did right. you get that fact? Uh, it was an article that was written about you, some blog, huh? and it said you had nine siblings. I didn't realize you didn't count those kids that are adopted as siblings, so I'm sorry. <laughs> he said I realized you didn't count them as brothers. <laughs> so sorry, Marty. So sorry that they're not kin to you now. Uh, don't, don't let me start getting like Chris Farley in here. <laughs> yeah. So, what's the next one? Fun fact number two. <laughs> I hope these get better, Steph. I'm crossing my fingers. <laughs> yeah, because if not, well, we got to call it quits. At age five, Marty lost his hearing in his right ear, and he's become a musician and artist performer without having hearing in his right ear. Is this fun fact true? That's what I was wondering if this is true or false, but yeah, that's definitely true. I still can't hear on my right ear. This is pointless. This is right, this right here is pointless, having this headphone over this ear. Pointless. Yeah crazy story has nothing to do with what you just said it's a crazy story that I'm like, oh, has nothing to do with that <laughs> no this actually does have to do with it <laughs> uh, so i was five years old i kept getting this horrible ear infection in my right ear my parents keep taking me to the doctor the doctor keeps giving all he does is give us these eardrops and he keeps saying don't come back until these eardrops are gone well the ear infection is what's called an ear infection is getting Worse and worse to where it's just excruciating. My mama takes me up there to the doctor again. He says, I told y'all don't come back to these eardrops are gone, you know, because we all trust doctors with our lives. We go home. And then next thing you know, that night, this whole side of my face goes paralyzed. Yeah. Mm. So then my dad, he rushes me to Memphis and there was a clostiotoma in my ear that had eaten up all the bones inside of my ear and my eardrum. So they had to cut my ear off, lay it over, and get that out of there. And then they had to clean out all of the remains of my hearing bones. So that's why I can't hear out of my right ear to this day. Oh, my gosh. Was that in your fun facts? That was not. Holy cow. Yeah. Next fun fact. Marty's dad owns a towing company, like he mentioned. Mm-hmm. And Marty used to tow vehicles. For his dad. Oh my gosh, you have to have a good story about towing. Marty, do you have a good story about towing a vehicle? You have to. I have a lot of stories about towing. That's what I did most of my life. You can't tell by looking at me. Most people think I'm a lawyer or a doctor. (laughs) But I did tow cars, believe it or not. You can't judge a book by its cover, right, Marty? You can't. I actually wrote a song that says that has that line in it. I know. That's why I said it. (laughs) Is it? Yes. He's like, I know. I know all of your music. (laughs) I know the songs that no one else has heard. Anyway, so a fun story about, well, I'm trying to think of fun things here. But I, you know what? You wanted a bad story earlier. I'll give you a bad one now that's actually not bad, but 
Is this one about towing or not? Is it, <laughs> it is about towing. Okay. Uh, you'll find out in the middle of it what it's about. <laughs> uh, so, so we're loading up a car on the side of the interstate, I-55. And the, we have a car hauler, and we've loaded up this truck. And I was always super, super cautious on the interstate because these semi-trucks, they either choose to get over or they don't. Kind of like me in this interview. I either choose to answer the question or I don't. You know what I mean? That's kind of how they were on the interstate. So they're coming. I'm watching, and I got my flashlight. It's nighttime. The beacons are going on the top of the record. And I'm doing a flashlight back and forth to make sure that these people know, hey, some people are out here. Get over because we don't want to die tonight. So then the, this truck is on the record bed, and this guy – there was like seven people that was in that truck. It was extended cab, whatever. And the the old man is trying to get up on the bed of the record. He's trying to say, I got to get my start, roll my windows up and all this stuff. I said, you're not getting up there. You can't get up there. It's dangerous. And he keeps saying, and I said, sir, get over there. You're not getting up there. It's not happening. And so he goes over there and stands. And at about that time, I see this uh, semi truck is not getting over. It's, it's actually coming closer to the white line and you're doing this and I'm doing this. I'm like, Oh shoot. And I told my guy who was with me that works with me named Randy. I said, Randy, we got, we, we got to go. So then we, I just take off and I push him and I said, we got to go. And we took off running and you hear behind me, you hear the wake up bump. So you just hear, and then he crashes into my record. This oh. And we see like the sun come up behind us. And it's like a big explosion and it just shoves us down, which is crazy because it sounds like a movie, but it shoved him down and me down. And then you, we just, at that time I said, we got to roll over to the, the service road. Cause I don't know if there's debris. We didn't even look behind us. We just rolled to the service road, took off running. And then finally, when we was at a safe spot, we just hear it, this blood curdling scream from this lady. And I'm thinking, Oh no, oh, I said, Oh, Randy, they, I didn't turn around. I was like, they got it. That truck just hit that old man. That old man is gone. That old man is gone. And we finally, we turned around. I said, we got to go back, man. So we went back. We turned around and this, the semi truck is just completely engulfed in flames and the front of my records in flames. The truck that's on my bed, something must have punctured the, the gas tank. There's fuel coming out, dripping out, and there's gas going like this. I mean, there's the flames going and sucking back up into the gas tank. And I'm going... That ain't good, man. That that oh. is, does not look good. And so then I, we go back, and there's nothing wrong with anyone there. And everybody's actually the only person we thought was completely dead was the guy that was driving the semi truck, which we found out later. He ended up getting out somehow and running all the way down the opposite way. But nonetheless, the lady was screaming because her little puppy was in the truck. Now, if that would have been a human, I would have went up there and got that human out. But I, she wanted me to get up there and get the the dog out. I said, I'm not going and risk my, I got kids. I got children. I'm not risking my life for a dog. I wouldn't risk my life for my own dog. Right. So, and I told her, I said, ma'am, I'm not getting up there. And they wasn't none of them getting up there either. And I was like, you're more than welcome to get up there if you want to get your dog, but I ain't doing it. So then thankfully, actually some, some guy stopped and he, he went up there and got it. And the whole time you see this gas dripping out of this tank and the fire is just catching fire every time going uh. like that. And I'm going, I can't, I can't risk my life for that little puppy. And so it's like, it's funny. The other guy though, he was a hero to them, which is cool. He was a hero. And he said, I'll risk my life for this dog. And I think that's commendable and that's admirable. So mm -hmm. what I'm saying is I'm not a hero. <laughs> that's, 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 that's the point, the point of, the of the story. story. The whole moral. Just let you know. 
I don't like dogs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love dogs, <laughs> but I ain't risking my life. I'd risk my life for a dog at this point, but not somebody else's dog. I wouldn't do that. To be honest with you. All right, Steph. Marty had the offer to sign with Sony Records a few years back and turned it down when they told him his music wasn't radio ready. Really? So, Marty, what was that about? What happened there? It was actually, wherever you got that from, it wasn't like they were saying, hey, sign this deal today. It was what they wanted to do was develop me, Mm. right? So they were kind of saying that my music was good, but it wasn't, they they said those exact words. It wasn't radio. Nobody would, nobody would ever download it, but they would enjoy it live. So it's like for bars, like that's kind of the way they put it. And this guy was very, very cocky and very high on himself. And and I, I said, well, how do you know that? Like, how do you know? Well, it gives you the right to say that they wouldn't buy it or they wouldn't download it or they wouldn't spin it on the radio. How do you know that? And he goes, well, I've been involved with this number one, that number one, and this city and that city and all this. And I go, yeah, but you, how many have you been involved with that you said would do that and didn't do that? Don't just tell us the good numbers because you're leaving out all the other times where you selected somebody and said, hey, I can see this going to the top. This will be number one. But then it didn't. I said, I guarantee you there's more of those than there are of the victories. Because it's like Timberland said, you know, who Timberland is mm-hmm. Timberland said this. He said, my failures are as vital to my process as my successes. That goes for everybody. Yeah. You either learn from your failures and press forward or you don't. And a lot of people don't. Steph, I did not expect to hear a quote from the great philosopher Timberland in this conversation. <laughs> he was able today. to weave it in, wasn't he? And yet here we are. He did Marty did it. <laughs> yeah. I got an Aristotle coming next. (laughs) (laughs) Next fun fact. Two weeks ago, Marty played on the I Love the 90s tour, (gasps) sang with Vanilla Ice, (gasps) and there was Coolio and some other stars from the 90s on this tour that he was performing with. So I'm afraid to ask, but what is Vanilla Ice like behind the scenes? I heard he's really nice. I heard he's yeah. a good guy. Super cool fella. Yeah. Yeah. I like him a lot. I've known him for years, actually. That's not the first time I've, I've been on that tour. I was actually at the very first show ever of the I Love the 90s tour. Okay. That was, man, eight years ago, right? When the Ice Ice Baby cover that I did yes. just went bananas and everybody was sharing it and whatever. It just went crazy. And then Vanilla Ice saw it. Funny story. He saw that listen to it. And then there was all these people sending me messages on Twitter and whatnot saying that Vanilla Ice was their best friend and they were going to send my song to him and he was going to call me. What's my number? And I was like, I got nothing to lose. I don't believe you, but I got nothing to lose because I run a towing service. So if nothing else, I'll get a tow out of it. Here's my <laughs> number, right? It's the same number that, that I gave them there. Same number I have now that Glenn Ray's towing number is still the same as it is now. So but anyway, so it just so happens that out of all those people, uh, one of them wasn't lying. Actually, one of them was telling the truth. And I remember it was probably a month or two after I had released that Ice Ice Baby. Maybe your listeners don't know, but it goes like, uh, all right, stop, collaborate and listen. Ice is back with a brand new invention, something grabs a hold of me tightly, flowing like a harpoon, daily and nightly. Anyway, just to let them know the vibe of it, right? 
because they probably haven't heard it. Nonetheless, I get a call one day to the towing service. I answer the phone like always, Glenn Ray's towing, and it's this it's this other voice, this very 90s voice you hear. It's like a, hey, Marty Ray, like that. And I go, <laughs> I go, hey, how can I help you? Right. And then he's like, hey, man, I love that. I love what you did with that ice ice baby, man. And I go, thank you so much. I appreciate that. How can I help you? We have your car or like <laughs> what is, he goes. No, man, he says, this, this is vanilla ice. And I said, OK, <laughs> all right. He actually, first, he said, Rob, if you want to know the truth about it, he goes, Rob, I don't like telling this part because we're friends now. But he said, he said, hey, this is Rob. And I said, OK, Rob, how can I help you? And he goes, this is vanilla ice. And I, cause I didn't know his name was Rob, right? At the time, I didn't know that he was Rob Van Winkle. I just knew him as Vanilla Ice. So he said, I want you to come out and play. We doing we started this I Love the 90s tour. I want you to come play that song with me. And I said, okay, well, when I see the email, I'll believe it. And I said, here's my email. And then I saw the email and it was in Boca Raton, right outside of Miami. And we drove down there, me and a bunch of other guys couldn't believe we were going to see Vanilla Ice and to actually play with him. And and the salt and pepper was there and color me bad was there. It was uh, it was really crazy. And at that time, eight years ago, I had played one show my entire life. Really? And that was for my family and friends. Yeah. So <clears throat> I went from that to playing for 20,000 people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you talk about terrified. So you get down to Florida, you go backstage or whatever, sound check, you play for Vanilla Ice in person for the first time. What is that like? Were you nervous as can be? What was that like? Terrified. Absolutely terrified because you can't tell it in the video. There's a video of he and I playing and practicing backstage, but you can't tell it. I don't think anybody could say, hey, that's a nervous kid right there, but. Uh, was was highly nervous, heart pounding like crazy, wondering if my voice is going to crack, wondering if, you know, if he's even going to like it the way I do it here. Is he going to think what well, sounded better on the video? I don't know him at the time, so I have no clue. But we start doing it and he starts feeling it. At one point he goes, "Woo, that's good. You know, and he starts getting people to put their hands up in the in the green room and we're, uh, you know, all singing Vanilla Ice together. And he loved it. And it was really amazing. And that goes back to. Proverbs 18, 16 again, right? Man's gift makes room for him, brings him before great men. These are big time fellows that I shouldn't be in the company of. I should not be in the company of these people. So then that was eight years ago. Then uh, we've been in contact off and on through this entire eight years. We've been, you know, friends, I would say, not like, hey, let's go get something to eat because I'm in Nashville. He's in Tampa. But every anytime I text him or call him, He'll usually answer or call me back. So the last one that I just did, that was like, I think maybe 8,000 people at that one, which is still a lot for me. And I uh, was just as nervous again. It never, it never, it's, it's never stopped. You think I'm being asked to do something that is very, very special here. And I need to make this perfect. So I'm always nervous. And I was nervous the last time too. And there was Coolio was there. One of my favorites from the nineties was there all for one. It's so cool. Quick little sideline thing. Uh, they come off the stage. I'm there. They're doing sound check, and I'm just there like a little girl. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah! oh, oh. you know what I mean? 
because I grew up singing them, man. I was like, yeah. So in love are we two? No one else but me and you. So in love. You know what I mean? That was me growing up, right? That's my lane. All for one and boys to men. So I'm like, I'm just sitting there singing with them. And as they come off, they hear me singing. And he goes, he goes, oh, wow. He said, okay. He goes, you hit it and, uh, and, and we'll back you up. I said, really? I said, CJ, hold my phone and film this. So, and so they start, I go, I go, uh, as we stroll along together. And that's where they come in. They start going. And then as soon as they come in, you hear back, back, back. You hear funky go Medina. It's so loud. You can't hear nothing. So it just completely runs the video. It's It's useless. Other than the fact of the comedy of it, of that, I was about to have one of the greatest moments of my life <laughs> with all for one. <laughs> yeah, with all for one and Funky Cole Medina ruined that moment. So thank you, Tone Lope, right? Because he was there too. Yeah. If you like what you hear, please tell someone about us. As soon as this episode is over, go tell your spouse, your closest friend, a parent, a coworker, or share one of our posts on social media. However, if you don't like what you're hearing, please do not. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anybody. Just disregard this message. Don't worry about it. Forget about us. Yep. Go on with your merry day. And to get more information about us or our entire catalog of episodes, be sure to check us out at kevinandsteph.com. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. All right, last fun fact. Marty is also an actor. I can see that. He's been in roles like The Preacher on AMC, Zoo on CBS, and The Detour on TBS. So do you have any good stories from being on set of making a TV show? Good stories. Well, y'all are all about the good stories now. All ago was bad ones now. I don't know why he's well, like that. I'm just throwing out questions, hoping you answer one of them. <laughs> right. I'll decide. Let's see. A good story about being on set. I mean... Just the fact that somebody like me who really never desired to be an actor at all, the way that whole thing came about was my little brother graduated high school and I was dropping him off at his Zaxby's job. He just graduated and he was so depressed and down. I was like, man, what's wrong with you? He says, oh, man, I just don't know what I'm going to do. He said, I think I'm going to join the army. I said, well, joining the army is an admirable thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I support that totally. I said, but you don't join it. I said, you sound like you're joining because you have no other options. I said, I don't know if that's a healthy thing to do. And he said, what options do I have? You know? And I said, I don't know. What's your dream? Like before I even ever accomplished anything in my life, I was wondering what his dream was. I'm like, what, what's your dream? What's your goal? Like, what, thank you. He goes, that's unrealistic. I said, what's this dream that's so big that you just un- unachievable? What is it? I, I bet you it's not. And I was thinking, I hope he don't say president because he's right. That <laughs> so if he does, I'm going to say, well, enjoy the army because, <laughs> because you're right. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. So, but he says actor and I go actor. Like, There's a millions of actors. I said, what are you talking about? It's simple. I said, move to Memphis. I will get you in an acting school. We'll find one. We'll get, we'll take you to, I'll take you to it. I said, you'll see, this is easy. This is nothing. And he goes, all right. He starts, you know, getting chipper. And he's like, you know, that's a good idea. So he moves to Memphis with me. And I start taking him to this acting class, indie acting school in Memphis, Tennessee. If anybody's there, Forrest Pruitt's a good friend of mine. So I start taking him in and I walk in there and Forrest is like, he's such a nice guy. He goes, 
He goes, well, you gotta, you gotta pay if you're going to you know, stay in the class. I said, well, then we'll just leave then, you know, <laughs> cause I'm not paying cause I'm not participating. Right. I'm a singer. I'm not an actor. He said, you can, you can observe. I said, okay. So for about two or three classes, I'm observing and I'm just watching Jordan. That's my little brother. And he's, he's doing well. And it seems very fun. And then all of a sudden Forrest asked me to come up there. And I, you know, like I said, we had become friends. So he asked me to come up there. I said, nah, I said, I don't, I don't know about that. So then he said, no, just come on have fun. We're all here to have fun. And, uh, I went up there and just, it felt easy to me if to get into a character felt so easy to me and, and fun. And so I said, I like this. So then I, next thing you know, I had an agent. Here's how God works. If you will put him first, set your sights on things above, not on below, set your sights on the kingdom and his righteousness first, and he'll add everything else unto you. That is so true. And I'm a testament to that because I was not trying to be an actor, but it's, I just, when the door opened, I said, Hey, let's walk through this door and see what happens. So I go to this thing. And next thing you know, I was an actor, maybe three months. And next thing you know, I'm on TBS. Oh my gosh. I'm on a, the detour TBS show. And I go and there's a trailer. I got my own trailer. Cause I got like one line and I'm going, wow, this is crazy. You mean they're going to pay me a thousand dollars a day to do this? And they're feeding me and bringing me out. Here? I got my own trailer. Now it wasn't a big, massive trailer. I barely fit in this, but this is cool. <laughs> this is mine. I hear it has my name on it. This is amazing. So I'm taking videos and pictures. I'm like, look, I got a trailer. This is crazy. So then did the scene and they loved it. And I'm, I'm riding in the bus back to home base as they call it. And it just so happened. I was riding on the same bus that the, the lead actor and his wife, Jason Jones and Samantha B they're the ones that created the detour and I'm right behind them. And I'm like, I'm in this for singing. So this is my shot and I'm going to take it. And so I said, Hey, y'all need music for your show. And the Jason's going, uh, yeah, we're not to that point yet. But, uh, if you have, if you have some suggestions or whatever, you know, that's kind of how it was. And I said, well, I almost want to play you one that I wrote. And, and I started playing a song in his ear with my phone like this, and it was called set it off. And it was a, like an EDM type song that I had written for whatever reason I'd written this EDM song and it goes, it's like a, and then I go, I can see in your eye. There's a love burning bright. It's, it's literally what you would think an electronic dance song would be. And I'm putting that in his ear and he's going, that's you. I said, that's me. And his, and Samantha goes, wow, that's good. That's really good. So then, I don't think nothing of it, but I, he says, send that to this email. So I sent it to the email of the guy. And then it was probably a year later. I thought it was, they, they went another way. It was a year later. Cause it took a year for that show to come out. And, uh, this guy messaged me back. He goes, Hey, how much do you use your song in the senior in? And I said, I don't know, a million dollars. maybe." <laughs> that good price for it. <laughs> you know? Is that what the going rate is a million? <laughs> You know? And he's like, uh, no, um, <laughs> we were thinking like 200, 300 bucks or something. And I'm like, that's good too. I'm good with that. You see how far I fell down. I was, you, know, you know, are a terrible negotiator, Marty. Like horrible. you go from a million to a $200. I'm cheap. I'm like million dollars. He's like, what about $200? I'm like, deal. <laughs> Shook his hand. Where'd I sign? It was so quick. There was no fight for me at all. I wasn't like, well, let me think about it. I was like, okay, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the craziest thing. 
But anyway, so lo and behold, my name in that show was Burley Trucker. Can you believe that? That I don't was know where the, they got that. Uh, I was thinking attorney, attorney or doctor. Right, Burley Doctor is what it should have said. <laughs> right? No, but didn't even have a name for the character. But the special thing was when the show came out, I went and immediately watched my scene, and in my scene, they played my song behind me. As I'm speaking, you hear my song playing. And because they found out I was a singer, they ADR'd the lady that's speaking to me. Instead of her saying what she used to say, which was not my name, she says Marty Ray in the show. <gasps> really? Yeah. And I had no clue. And they didn't tell me they were doing that. I just thought, how cool of them to do that. When I watched it, she was like, get out of here, Marty Ray. And then somebody like this. And I'm going, they put my name in there. So then now my credit goes from Burley Trucker to plays himself. Really? Oh, is that so, crazy or what? God's so cool. That is awesome. That, really that is, is so fantastic. Cool. Well, listeners, for more information about Marty, you can go to all of his social media platforms. They're at Marty Ray Project. Also, his website, MartyRayProject.com. And question for you, where are your shows? Do you have any show near Ohio coming up? I've been trying to work on a show in Ohio for years around Cincinnati area. I don't know where y'all are at. Columbus. We're Columbus. We're an hour and a half from Cincinnati. I've been trying to work on getting a show done there at Lori's Roadhouse, but they want to know how many people I can pull there. Of course, that's what every venue wants to know. And I say, I don't know. I've never played there. I can't tell you. But if your listeners want to see me come to uh, Ohio, send me a message. I answer every single message on my Facebook page. And I will send every single message to Lori's Roadhouse and say, here's how many people I could bring to your establishment. Right? And then we'll make it happen. So, But as far as my shows, the best way is to join the mailing list at martyrayproject.com. And we always send out about the shows that we have and the album releases and things like that. So martyrayproject.com, that's the way to get it. Well, Steph, this was even better than I was Marty expecting. Marty Ray, you blew us away. You exceeded you expectations. You blew us away. We had a high bar. It's pretty high. And you topped it. So thank you so much for joining us on Tell Us a Good Story. I, I really am grateful that y'all have me on. I'm, I'm honored. And listen, I love both of you. And Jesus bless you. I mean Aww, that. Thank you. Friends, we want to encourage you to please follow us wherever you listen to this, whether it's on the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or one of the other platforms. You guys, it's completely free. And while you're there, feel free to give us a rating or a nice review. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story.